Are you the kind of person who is dealing with a little bit of stress in their business, but you're really not sure what to do about it? Or maybe you are gearing up for a new project and you just know that there's going to be a little bit of stress that's going to come out of that. And you are just unsure about how to cope with that. Well, you're in luck because today... This is what we're talking about. I have a very special expert here who's going to be talking with you about coping with stress and preventing it in your business. So are you ready? Hey, hey, you are listening to Fearless Pursuits Podcast, where it's that time to slap your doubts and fears around, learn online marketing, mindset hacks, and your entrepreneur's soul so you can have a breakthrough to success in your own business, even if you're just starting out or if you've been in business for a while. I'm Sharon Koenig, an online life and business coach and serial entrepreneur for over 25 years. My goal is to share with you everything that I've learned along the way, including the good, the bad and the ugly. Each week, we'll explore what it takes to reach your goals, your dreams, and create the financial freedom through online entrepreneurship. Plus, hear interviews from special guests who share their own tips, strategies, and advice on how you can break through to success. If you're ready to dig in, Listen in to today's episode. This is Samantha Siffring. Hi, everyone. I'm Hello. here. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to have Samantha here, and you are really going to just drop some wisdom bombs, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm excited about this topic. This is something that I work on with a lot of my clients. So for those who don't know me, I am a business and mindset coach. My background prior to being a coach was actually in counseling. So I'm trained as a therapist and life circumstances sent me towards life coaching for a bit. And then when I shifted into business coaching, I didn't let go of the life coaching or the counseling piece. So it's not just business strategy type stuff. I do a lot with my clients about how our brains work and really helping them to kind of hack how their brain works to really be as successful as they want to be. So I'm going to be applying that to stress with all of you today. Yes, that's awesome. I love this so much because you and I both understand this, you know, and I and I really think that here we are in, you know, 2019 and we realize that a lot of people are becoming more aware of what's going on in the subconscious mind and the way that we're thinking creates all kinds of outcomes, right? And in Sometimes it's favorable, sometimes it's not. And we realize, you know, in a more aware society, we need to do a lot more work with our minds. So I'm loving this topic so much because I'm, I know that there's, it's really going to help a lot of people. So were you actually dealing with a lot of stress at one point? And that's kind of one of the reasons why you like to talk about it maybe when you were starting your business. Because I know that you're a mom of a young one, right? I have three young ones. <laughs> so yes, 
I have dealt with stress a lot and I wish that I could be like, yeah, that was in the past. Like I had stress once and problem solved now. Like it's just, it's not really the reality, right? It kind of ebbs and flows depending on what's going on. So I have three kids, I have my business and I have some volunteer positions that I do as well. So it's a full plate. And I have really had to learn how to manage that and not just spiral into stress that leaves me like on the couch with potato chips and Netflix. <laughs> we all deal with that. I mean, I had a situation like that this week. My daughter, um, she's 10, going to be 11 soon, and she it's just she doesn't sleep well even at her age she just has trouble sleeping and when she doesn't sleep well the whole house is in disarray we are all upset and she's upset and it really adds to a lot of stress in my life being a single mom and running my business so you know talking about preventing that we can't control people right how how would you prevent uh, stress when we have all of these people around us that are like throwing in, you know, the mix to create more stress. Yeah. So I have kind of noticed that there's three different ways that we can um, take a look at stress and why it's coming into our life. Because obviously there's going to be things going on in our life. I think sometimes the cause is that we are expecting the worst and actually making up a lot of drama that does not exist. So like with the daughter not sleeping, like that's, that's true, right? Like she's not sleeping, but you could be making it mean like maybe there's something wrong with her, you know, like and spiraling up a little bit, like really getting yourself all worked up about like, maybe she's just like one of those people who's not a great sleeper. Maybe it's a phase, maybe it's a growth spurt. Like it could be a lot of non worst case scenario type things. But I think especially as moms, we tend to take it to like something terrible is happening with this child. So true. Made up drama is one of them. I think just in general with our lives and our businesses, another way we create our own stress is from urgency that's created from us not being on our game and not being organized and kind of putting our head in the sand that things are going to need to be done and we kind of know when they're going to need to be done or we kind of know what's ahead and when we don't plan ahead it creates some of these fires that then we have to put out and, and run around like a little bit of a crazy person like a crazy person yeah yeah and the last one that i notice is when we have this expectation that we have to do everything all the time and this can be balancing work and life that we feel like not only do I have to be on my business page 100% of the time, I also have to be cooking dinner and like doing the shopping and doing all these different things. And I have to be on for everyone all the time. Um, and it's just not realistic, you know? So those are the three main areas that I see of how we take just our regular situations, our regular lives and make it worse for ourselves. Oh God, don't we all just, make it worse you know we we get in our head and we start thinking all of these different things and and you know that that first one that you were talking about um you know i i love this so much because we're all meaning makers right something happens and then we've just we've just got to 
create some sort of meaning around it. And, you know, this is our own opinion. Oftentimes, it's not even reality, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about how we can actually stop creating the negative meaning, but, you know, maybe even switch it around to give it a better meaning. Yeah, I think a big piece of this is really giving ourselves some space and time to look at our own brains and our own thinking and really think it through from a clear space. I have started going on walks in the morning and just like letting my mind be empty and see what comes up for me. And what I've realized is how we don't give ourselves those opportunities most of the time. We're like racing around. So I think like give yourself a container <laughs> to observe. That's kind of the, the first step. And then I think really taking care of yourself, your mental self, you know, your mental health um, is the other important piece. So really understanding what am I thinking and is that serving me? Is that true? Questioning what's coming up for you. A coach is a great way to do that, as we both know and um, preach and deliver and all of that. A coach can really help you to get some of that outside perspective. Sometimes even writing it down yourself is not enough distance to see it for what it is. Like you're worrying about your daughter or whatever the situation is, you write it down and you're like, that still feels real and convincing to me. And sometimes that other person to walk you through whatever the situation is, is kind of the like help and support that you need in that process. You know, I think the toughest part is, you know, when something like that happens, literally someone can like walk in front of you, like, you know, when you're, you're in the midst of doing something, you know, you're, you're blocking out your mind to do a task. And then somebody comes into your space and literally just shocks you and stresses you out in that way. You know, that meaning that we're giving to it, you know, I, I love what you're saying, though, about observing, you know, observing your thoughts. But how do you get out of really getting hard on yourself and hard on the other person because what we're doing is in a sense is we're getting all caught up. It's, it's like a little tornado, right? Cause mm -hmm. it's, you know, something's really happening and, and you want to be able to, you know, observe and, and write those things out, you know, so that you can be more intentional, which is ideal, obviously is where we want to, to control our thoughts and our feelings. But there we are literally in a tornado just spiraling and trying to, to observe our thoughts and, you know, observe the meaning that we're giving to it. How can you step out of that and being reactive instead yeah. of being more intentional? So I think for a lot of us, this is a habit that we've played out a lot of times for 30, 40 or more years. So expecting yourself to have that higher awareness in the moment, not realistic, and that's totally okay. What I think is the best thing you could possibly do in that situation is remember one thing, and it's to breathe. Breathe. <laughs> I remember reading once, breath is a pattern interrupter, mm. and it really stuck with me that you know, you're playing out this habit or this pattern of, you know, you're focused and someone interrupts and you want to just be reactive. Taking the second to breathe is going to give you that distance from your reaction. Absolutely. I think if anything, you know, because we can get so caught up 
in in everything in our head and all of these these thoughts and these feelings and and meaning and you know trying to be more intentional and all of that when it boils down to if you could just create a habit of just breathing having deep cleansing breaths it will totally it just changes your state absolutely i love that so much Got so it. i i wanted to to kind of have you elaborate a little bit more you know like we're, we're talking about preventing the stress and and then also coping with it at the same time and you know you were mentioning you know not being on our game right so it's in a sense when when i heard you say that it's like i guess that um i'm not i'm not being my best and so then what happens when I start doing that? I feel, I feel like I'm in judging and then I feel a little bit of guilt and shame around that too. And of course, we, we realize that we're, we're now out of control, right? So how do we, how do we get, get in control of ourselves when we're, we're in all of that, that flux of shame and guilt and judging? Yeah. So I think the first thing is you've got to separate out what you're doing that maybe isn't what you want to be doing from all of the ways that you're judging yourself. I think that that is just so many of our default mode that like we're doing something that we don't want to do. So we just shift into this judgment space and we make it so much worse by going down that road when really like we're humans humans often don't follow through on their plans. They often don't do what's most in line with their goals. Like we're kind of wired to do what's convenient and what feels good. And I like to always remember and remind my clients, like, sounds like you have a totally healthy and functional brain, you know, like, <laughs> okay, you didn't do the thing you said you were going to do. Sounds like you're a human and really connecting back that this, is how humans are. It's not how you desire to be all the time, but when you do it, it's not this like deep moral failing. And I think a lot of us have this like baggage of like, if I'm not self-disciplined every second about everything, then I'm a bad person. And it's not true. Like you are just a person. And that's kind of that first piece is just letting go of the need to judge it doesn't help you know anybody who's ever judged themselves can attest it has never helped you be better <laughs> absolutely not and you know what i'm hearing most from this at least, you know what i love about this is that there's this this kindness you know it comes back to you know really caring about yourself and you know we when we are not on our game and we're in the shame and this guilt and all of this stuff that's going on in our head, you know, we're really just being so hard on ourselves. And I love what you said about this baggage because really that's where it comes from. It comes from these habits, uh, you know, where we have these triggers, you know, something happens and then this is how we're going to react to it because it, because of a pattern. But, you know, ultimately we have such high expectations of ourselves, I think, you know, and we realize that, you know, when we are not on our game, you know, when we're failing, that we really just have to stop being so hard on ourselves and start showing a lot more kindness. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think compassion for ourselves is 
one of the most useful skills that we can learn. And it is a skill. It doesn't come naturally to anyone that I've ever talked to in my entire life. <laughs> so if there's somebody out there who's like, yes, I've, I just was born this way, <laughs> stayed this way forever, good for you. But most people aren't like that. You know, most of us, we don't think to be compassionate towards ourselves. And I think it is a huge edge in life and business to be able to learn to be. I see that too from other people. And and I didn't have a mother and a father growing up. So it was one of those things where I, I learned by watching people. And I learned that when I, I watched people have more compassion for their own mistakes, it was something that really touched me deeply. I really felt like this was something that was so absolutely just vital that we need to have in our lives. And and so I want to ask you, like, you know, thinking about, you know, not being so hard on yourself and, and showing more kindness and compassion, you know, how can that prevent stress if you were to adopt that way of thinking? Yeah. Well, as we talked about at the beginning, so much of stress is us making things worse and judging them either the situation like this shouldn't have happened or what we've done, you know, even as I talk about all the ways to prevent stress, they can easily then become this place of, well, the stress is caused by me. So now I've failed because I caused it. So I would say whenever you find yourself in those moments, recognize like, wait a second, I'm making it worse. This is another time where that pattern interrupter can come in and you can take that deep breath. And there's all kinds of very interesting ways to build your self-compassion. Um, you know, I've heard giving yourself a hug, saying I love you in the mirror. Like so many of these things are so incredibly awkward to yes. of us to do. And I love that, you know, when my clients cringe at <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is, this is what you need. <laughs> um, even if it feels very weird, like it's going to be those things. If you imagined being in a relationship with someone else and never making eye contact and saying, I love you, never giving them a hug, like this person would feel no love from you. And Absolutely. We're that way with ourselves. Oh, we so much are. And and I know what you're talking about, you know, doing mirror work, for example. And it's so funny because I remember the first time that that someone told me about this. And I remember thinking, but I mean, how old was I? I mean, my God, it must have been like 30 something years ago. I heard about this and I was thinking, God, that sounds so ridiculous. So, so woo woo, so creepy. And I just, I couldn't get over that. See, and it's like, I'm all judgy and everything like, wow, that's weird. You're weird, you know? And then over time you start realizing, of course, again, as I said, we are becoming more aware now in our society. We're accepting these things as tools now. We realize how helpful they really are. So, you know, that's exactly right. When someone is feeling like, oh, that's a little creepy. It's like, that's the thing they need to be doing. I love that. And I give them permission to hate it and think it's terrible and feel totally awkward the whole time. Like you don't have to do it and be feeling amazing um, and thinking like this is normal. You know, like you can you can be there with your judgment and your cringing and still do it and get value. And do they do it or do you have to battle with them? They do it. They're they know, I think, on some level like this sounds weird and awkward, but I'm going to try it. And, and sometimes they just try it to tell me I did that terrible thing. 
<laughs> but they always learn, you know, I think that's my thing too. Like sit there and look yourself in the eye and talk to yourself until you feel like you've learned something. <laughs> mm, so good. And, you know, I was just talking about this today. The thing is, is that we have it all in us anyway. You know, all of these tools, you know, we, we certainly, you know, having a coach and having someone that you can talk to is, 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 another tool. I mean, it, it is, to me, it's a tool that's completely invaluable. I, I absolutely need this in my life. I'm just one of those. I got to have a coach in my life all the time. But I, I realize that, you know, sometimes we hear things from them that we already know. It's like, well, why do I need them? But then as soon as you don't have them, you start realizing, you know, I'm the weak link in it. And you realize when you're with them and you have all of this wisdom coming to you and all of these skills that the truth is, is that we really have it all in us. Yeah, I think so too. And that's something I think about a lot. And what I notice a lot of times, you know, sometimes I have an insight just being an outside observer that they hear it and they're like, oh yeah, that's right. But they didn't have that view of themselves or their situation before. Um, a lot of times as the client, I feel like I just need to be told the thing that I already know. Like I just need to hear it from somebody else or I need to be reminded of it. Um, and it's like a confirmation, right? Yeah. And it's almost like it gives you permission sometimes to lean into whatever that thing was. So there's so many benefits to it, but um, I think, you know, part of it too, as we think about like being on our game, I've really embraced this idea of being the one person in my client's life who doesn't accept any of their excuses. Yes. And it's, it also is like not accepting their excuses of why they should continue beating themselves up. So it's not like a punitive thing, you know, it's nope, you are going to learn to love yourself and you're getting homework. So I think, um, there are just so many benefits. The things that we know to do, but aren't doing, having that nudge and that accountability to follow through on it to actually then get the results from whatever it was. And, you know, I think what's really important here to say is that, you know, a lot of this sounds kind of foo-foo, you know what I mean? It mm -hmm. sounds kind of fluffy and, and, we need to actually really recognize the importance and how absolutely critical these things really, really are. You know, love yourself, be kind to yourself. You know, it does, it sounds so absolutely foo-foo and fluffy. However, when you are in the midst of all of that stress that we all, especially as business owners, go through, you really have to back off and you have to actually go in and use these things as tools to really recognize it's not fluffy. It's not foo-foo. This is, this, is, this is critical that I am able to stop the judgment and the shame and the guilt. And that I'm far more kind to myself because we think of, you know, how we are with our family and our friends, you know, think of that love you have and you would never like shame them and guilt them like you do for yourself. And in that, as you said so well, it, you know, when we're in that state of mind, it, it is not serving us. It just adds to the stress, right? Because then what happens? Mm -hmm. We start to spiral. Yeah. And I always bring it back to, because I'm a very like scientific, logical thinker. And 
have really attracted a lot of clients that are the same. And I always bring it back to what then are the actions you're taking, the results you're creating when you're in one space or another. So if you're in this space of that's all woo, I don't need that. I just need, you know, strategies or more leads or whatever, you know, the things that we hear, I think how how are you really acting and showing up in your business when you basically have no resilience to failure whatsoever because you hide in a cave every time you fail your netflix cave you disengage from your business you take time off you're not doing the things that you know that you need to do you're not creating the results that you want and when you've made it okay and you haven't assigned your worth to failing or, you know, whatever your results are, when you know my love and worth with myself is unconditional, you are so much more brave. You are going live. You are going to the networking event. You are putting yourself out there. And those are the things that get clients, right? Those are the things that make the business work. So it seems a little out there. It seems a little woo to be talking about loving yourself and accepting yourself, taking care of yourself, looking at your thinking, all of those things. But they really like are the root that everything else pops out of, including the dollar amount that you're making. So I that is like lesson number one for all my clients. Like you get on board with this philosophy so we can move forward focusing on what matters because you know we could talk about like content calendars all day and it's gonna be useless if we don't have this other piece. And that's exactly how I was. And I talk about this a lot, um, at least in my, my social media um, posts, because that was me, because I am, I'm more from, um, well, old school online marketing, online business, where, and I say this all the time, it was so freaking easy to make money online, Samantha, you have no idea. I mean, you just put up a website and, I mean, because I mean, I'm a little older than you. <laughs> and so I've, I've seen it, done it, and been there like way back in the 90s before Google was a thing. And it was so easy to make money. So today, you know, so when, when I um, separated and started my business, first it was a brick and mortar business. And, and I applied all of the search engine optimization and that kind of thing, the strategies, right? And understand something, though. I've been studying subconscious mind for probably 20 years. So I knew better. However, I'm like you though. I'm a little bit like the strategy, the science, the science of everything. And um, so when I, I sold my brick and mortar business and then came back online, everything was so different. It was, it was harder. It was much harder. And so I went back into, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm missing something. I've got to get harder into the strategies. And, and it's, it's one of those things where it caused me so much stress. And then I completely forgot about everything I'd been learning about the subconscious mind and thinking. And, and then I started to apply that again, of course, hiring a couple of coaches didn't hurt either who were more in alignment with that because I'm, I'm more of the, the type where I, I have to see the strategy, but I also have to implement the mind work because they together, they work. And this is true in every aspect of your life. But when you don't have those two together where you, 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 um, you don't have the skill 
and you are applying the mind work, that causes a whole other amount of stress right there. And you are going to go down a very slippery slope. Mm -hmm. It's so true. I think it's such an important piece. And I know that there's so many, um, you know, big online successful people who have said like, yeah, I did all the strategy stuff and I got really burned out and I got really, um, you know, ran into the ground or algorithm changed and I didn't know what to do or online marketing got harder because everyone was doing it. All of these pieces. And I think learning to manage the emotional roller coaster, like having that control over that versus being taken for a ride, I think is such a valuable skill. And, you know, here I think we can talk about boundaries when you really think about it for a second, because if you don't have the boundaries where, you know, you, you, you have a certain mindset, lifestyle, values, and these things are absolute non-negotiables, you know, th this, this um, goal I have is something I will beyond a shadow of doubt do. But then when you don't have boundaries around that, then your goals slip away and you lose yourself. So wouldn't there be a great deal of stress that a person would feel if they in fact didn't have these boundaries in place? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if they're trying to do anything in their life other than achieve that goal, like have a life, eat meals, shower, have a family, whatever it might be. It is so important. And um, I have in my notes, like as I was thinking about this, one of the things that I always come back to when I'm in this space is I tell myself, grow up <laughs> and not in a mean way, you know, but in a like, take responsibility. For oh, yeah. And the things you want to do and how you spend your time like as if this time was like money in a budget that you're spending. Like, do you approve of where this time is going? Or is it just like going off every direction or only towards one thing? You really have to look at it that way and and not just like fly by the seat of your pants. You know, you've got to take ownership over how the time's being spent. And and that is boundaries, you know, is making time for all of it, including rest. <laughs> yes. And then I can start hearing people saying, well, it causes me stress to disappoint people, you know, because here you've got these goals, like, you know, you are full on with these goals. You want to do these goals. Maybe they're monetary, maybe they're fitness related, maybe health uh, with your family, whatever the case may be. And you know that it doesn't fit with the circle of friends you have maybe you know the amount of work you have to do is going to disappoint someone and then there's that stress that you have to deal with what do you do to cope with that or, or is there anything you could do to prevent that from happening yeah so what i always remember in those moments because i have a much have a personality where i want to feel happy i want everyone around me to feel happy and sometimes i feel responsible to make other people happy and what I have to remember is that I can't do that. Their feelings, their happiness comes from their own mind and their own view of what's happening. And I could be, you know, doing everything that I know how to do to try to make them happy. Some people are just not ever going to be happy with that performance 
or with me or whatever it is. So really remembering that they can be trusted with their own emotions. It's not for me to create or determine and we're all living our own lives and, and to be okay with disapproval sometimes. And sometimes it's somebody disapproving where you're just like, well, thank you. It's going into the trash can to <laughs> leave because your opinion does not way in my life but sometimes like if it's your partner if it's your child and they come to you with like you know disappointment or or whatever it is an opportunity i think like an invitation to really look at am i spending my time in the way that i really want to and that's really important to me and are all of my values being met you know when it's an important person but like an internet hater or something like that go away. <laughs> you know, and there we are, you know, we're becoming the meaning maker again, you know, because it, we will allow ourselves to spiral again and keep going in and out of this cycle of judging again, like uh, my goals are really big. I really want to do this, but I don't want to disappoint them. And it's, you're stressing yourself out mm -hmm. really. And, and you want to be more intentional about creating uh, a good result, a positive result with these goals, but then the stress that you're creating inside of yourself because you're you're giving it that meaning that someone's going to be upset with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's another issue of made up drama most of the time. So sometimes it's real that they might be upset and you can do what you want with that. But a lot of times it's not real. And we've just created this additional layer of not only do I have to reach my goals, but I also have to keep everyone in my life happy while I'm doing it. And it's, it's not real. <laughs> we tend to manufacture things in our mind, don't we? That just creates just undue stress all the time. Yeah, we are the masters of it. Yes. You know, you said something earlier too about the expectations, you know, um, and, and this is me, I see this and I have to really just rein myself in to try to be a, a lot more uh, intentional, let's say. So when we are maybe high achievers and we have these expectations on ourselves, and even expectations on other people in our circle and we we want to do it all. Uh, we expect them to do it all. You know, clearly we are bringing on and, and making a whole bunch of stress around the expectations. So can you talk a little bit more about how we can actually cope with that stress or maybe prevent that with the expectations? Yeah. So I think this is another area where awareness is a big piece of it. So you might even want to sit down and write out like, what are all of the expectations that I feel like I'm holding right now? And then you can evaluate what on this list is actually something that I want to hold. And what did I accidentally pick up along the way that has no meaning or purpose in my life. And then I think a lot of times expectations can be around feelings. So it can be around how we want to feel, how other people want to feel, how we want other people to feel. And I just love coming back to Brooke Castillo's self-coaching model when it comes to that and understanding other people's expectations around their feelings are their work to do and their thing to hold. 
and my expectations around my feelings are things I can create with my thinking. So other people don't have to change how they behave for me to be happy or feel satisfied. Other people don't have to say like, I love your business for me to love my business. Really getting those clear divides on what all of those things are about. And then I think like sometimes people expect actions from us. Sometimes we expect actions from ourselves too. And just being clear that it may be expected of us, but it is still our choice to do it or not do it. And really giving yourself permission, looking at that expectation list, looking at those things that are about what you do. Are these meaningful? Are these relevant? Are these important? And if not, come off the list. Fix it. But what I'm seeing here again is that in order for us to have less stress, and to cope with the amount of stress that we have in our life, then we have to do a lot of inner work, right? Because we're talking about, you know, the, uh, getting control of our thoughts and our feelings, you know, like what you were talking about, you know, having a lot of feelings around the expectations that we have on ourselves and the expectations that we have on people. And I'm wondering if people are really all in to actually do that inner work. Yeah, some people are not, and that's fine. <laughs> but I think there is so much value to doing it. And it is one of those things where I feel like when I was first getting coached, when my clients are new to me, they have this like dawning of awareness where they suddenly feel like they see Mount Everest in front of them and they'll have to get to the top. And they're just like, I wish I never saw that mountain because that is a lot of work. You can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. So once you're at that point, I think it's important to remember, like you're going to see progress. Things are going to feel easier to you with every step that you take. And it, really has a compound effect. The more of this work you do, even if you're not at the top of Mount Everest, you are going to feel so much of a difference in your life, in your stress level, in all of those things. We don't have to get to the top of the mountain to feel good. We can feel good the whole pathway there. And it's not even necessarily that there is a top. Like that's kind of the the real secret of it too. There's never a top, you know, no. you keep doing this work. You keep managing your mind. You keep being the best that you can be at that time and, and loving yourself and all of that. And that's what you do for the rest of your life. <laughs> and you know, what I see that's important to, to really point out here is there needs to be a certain level of trust in ourselves. So that's personal trust. You know, when we're talking about these expectations, this Mount Everest, you know, being so big, you know, and then there's the doubt and everything that comes in there and you start dealing with all of this stress that you're manufacturing. I think that we need to have some inner trust to, so that we can calm ourselves, you know, and know, you know, whatever is, maybe it's trusting yourself, you know, maybe it's trust in the tools, you know, like we were talking about breath being the interrupter, knowing that, you know, these things work, because that was me a long time ago, I didn't hold a lot of belief in these tools. And so I didn't do them. And then I was just 
big ball of stress. And I think that's the thing is I think we need to have the, the inner trust in ourselves, but also this trust in the tools that we have and, and maybe even our coach if we are um, if we are of that mindset to have a coach because I think what happens with a lot of people with that that regard is that they don't really want to open up and like let it all out because they're fearful of the judgment and everything but they have to trust they have to trust themselves and they have to trust the process and they have to trust the coach yeah I agree with all of those things and I think self-trust it comes back to that self-compassion piece you know that I am okay and I I care about myself I can trust that you know my intuition is leading me I can trust that I'm exactly where I need to be right now I think that is one of the most powerful thoughts that we can think is I am exactly where I should be right now so, okay, I have a goal. I want to be at that goal. I'm not at that goal yet, but I'm exactly where I should be on the way there. And whatever's happening for me right now is what needs to be happening. So good. Yes, yes. And I think what we end up doing is we end up looking for proof. And of course, we know that, you know, you and I do the mind work. So we know it's the reticular activating system, right? That's looking for that, right? But, you know, it's it's a human thing to say, okay, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to trust myself, I'm supposed to trust this process. And, and, you know, I don't. And I and it's because I don't see my, my physical world manifesting or I'm not creating um, the reality that I want. And I'm stressed out about it. You know, I'm going to have a panic attack, right? And that's the thing is, you know, if you're, if you're constantly looking for this proof, you're not really in trust. You're, you're really not doing that inner work. What does this person do? Yeah. So I feel like I'm here all the time. And then I'm like beyond this all the time too now. So there's those situations in my business where I feel like I, this trust is still not there. Where's the proof? Where's the proof? And then like, for instance, I just noticed the other day, like I have just been saying, I'm going to hit 5,000 in my Facebook group this month. Like I just know it's going to happen. Um, and it doesn't even feel like trust. It just feels like, well, I get a certain amount of people every week, every month. And, and I know I'm going to hit that benchmark this month. Like that's just what's going to happen. And so I do think it is a process. And a lot of times, like with the Facebook group, I think it's a great example. When I first started it, I had no idea where this could go, what this was going to be, but I just committed to making it great, to inviting people to come in, to being really genuine in it, providing value, all of those things. And I figured if I keep doing this, maybe it's going to work. And I got more and more evidence. There was no evidence at the beginning. Like there was actually opposite evidence because I had started groups before that had like 12 people in them, you know? So like there was evidence this was not going to work. And I really had to kind of suspend that disbelief, be willing to be in that uncomfortable space of believing and not believing, but taking action anyway. And it does require that from us. And it's why... So many people quit their businesses or quit their fitness goals or quit, quit, quit all kinds of different things because it does require you to hold the disbelief and the belief and to take action as if the belief part was the stronger part. 
That is so important. And I think this is where a lot of people get tripped up because they're not seeing it, right? And then what's worse, like what you were talking about is all of the past evidence, right? You think about maybe a past business that didn't work, um, even relationships. And we, we can use this example in every aspect of our life because, you know, you tried something in the past. I, I tried to lose weight. I tried to be healthy. I tried to go for walks in the morning. And I can't get out the door. You know, whatever the case may be, you know, you you're sitting there talking to yourself into a frenzy saying that that won't work you know or someone's someone's going to ridicule me you know whatever the case may be and then so we we get ourselves all worked up and upset and this is where it you know we cannot necessarily rely on proof right mhm mm yeah well the walk example is perfect cuz that's what i'm doing right now and the very first morning, I felt so motivated. I was like, yes, this is the new me. And every single morning since then, I wake up and say, I am so tired. <sighs> the last thing I feel like doing, and probably if I hadn't planned on going for the walk, I wouldn't even feel that tired. But it's like this whole dramatic thing where my brain's like, can I get out of going for the walk? Can I? Like, where's the limit with this? Like, if I push on this, will you give in and stay home instead of going on the walk? So I think it is just something and it's something that we all go through. It's how our brains work. And it, I think, is really valuable to understand. It feels like there's two voices because there are. Yes. You have that default mode that wants to keep you safe, that wants to put you on the couch with the chips and the Netflix and all of that, risking nothing. And you have the part who thinks maybe if we risk, we can hit this amazing goal. Like maybe we could do this. And that side is the one that you have to learn to listen to. And it's not easy. Let's talk about results here for a second. So we're talking to entrepreneurs, right? Entrepreneurs are a different breed of people. They they see um, opportunity everywhere. They are inspired people to really want to be able to change the world in a lot of ways. And, you know, they want to create money in their life. They want to be able to create a, a wonderful lifestyle for their family. And these are people that are really trying to do a lot more and they're really feeling a great deal of stress by not actually having the results oftentimes. So how is it that they can cope better when they're trying to go out and do these things? They're not seeing the results at all. Yeah. So I love to have this conversation with clients of before you have the results, how do you decide how much effort is enough like for a day or for a week because entrepreneurs can very easily end up working 12 plus hour days and putting everything else on the back burner and i just don't think that the evidence shows that that's what gets results or that that really makes a difference so there is that point where you know, you, you have to work a certain amount to like get the ball rolling, get things going. And then there's a point beyond that where it's, I think it's called like the point of diminishing returns, right? Where like all that extra energy you're expending is not giving you that same rate of return as that first piece. So you do have to have that conversation with yourself, how much is enough and let it be enough for that day and know 
yeah, I'm not going to see results maybe on day one or day 10 or however long it takes. I'm committed though to being consistent with this amount as I go forward for this amount of time. And, you know, I really think that that is probably the hardest thing that we have to do to turn off our work at the end of our work day and know like, is this bringing results? I don't know. Like, would I get better results if I kept going? It That is one of those leap of faith moments. Mm-hmm. And there it is again, you know, doing that inner work. But I realized too that the bottom line here for a lot of people is that ultimately what we have to do is we have to be more intentional as entrepreneurs who knew that being intentional about your thoughts and your feelings and your expectations and even the results would actually diminish that stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think being intentional with your time, with your effort, with the goals you set, all of those things, that's a part of it, right? Because you could expect so much from yourself. You could have like no limits on, you know, what's enough and run yourself into the ground. And Mm -hmm. that is not going to get you to your goal. (laughs) No. And, and, you know, we hear this all the time, you know, we've got, you know, um, Grant Cardone, we've got Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, um, I didn't say that right. Vaynerchuk. Um, but you know who I mean, you know, and and these are guys, by the way, and you and I are both females. So I, I think that, you know, the guys think about this crush it mentality, whereas women typically don't. We do see, you know, women who are, I guess, a little bit more in their masculine, maybe um, in, in that strategy mode more than in the mindset. But what we want to do is we want to, whether we're male or female, try to work harder on not having those kinds of expectations that are going to burn us out. And when I think of these, these professionals, you know, what the, what they're actually pushing, it seems to me is hustle. And there is like what you said, a certain amount of hustle that you will be doing in your business. If you are um, a business owner, you're an entrepreneur. I mean, let's face it. Starting anything new is hard. You move house, right? Packing, unpacking, you know, it's hard. It's a lot of work or, you know, um, maybe it's losing 20, 30 pounds, whatever the case may may be. You're, you're in this phase of the beginning being very difficult, you know, and there's this hustle mode. So what we want to do is we want to try to stay out of that, that hustle mode where we're expecting so much of ourselves and burning ourselves to the ground. Mm-hmm. What I have really found, and I, it's funny because I feel like I'm really drawn to both messages. And what I've found is that different clients need to hear different things. So I have had, you know, tough conversations with some of my clients around work ethic and mm-hmm. their desire to have a business so that they basically don't have to work. And When that is why you have started a business, it is very hard to get clients because you don't actually want clients. You don't want to work. You want to like have a good excuse to not really work. So sometimes those people need the little fire lit under of like, wake up and actually own your business, right? Yes. You need to get to work. And then there's those other people who are sitting, you know, 
not doing their family dinner any night because they're just working every single night or um, are not taking care of their health because they're working all the time. And that's the opposite extreme. Like those are the people who need to be told, like there is a point of enough work where then you turn it off and and you actually have to schedule rest, play, sleep, meals, all of that into your calendar to make sure that you are living a life outside of your business. And I see both. And I think, you know, it depends. It really depends on which way you're wired, which message you need to hear. And I think that's why like the hustle thing can be really triggering for some people and why the like, you know, relax and like let go of the reins a little bit message can be really triggering for others. And that is why we are all so different and able to provide different resources and messages to a wide variety of people. So that's that's one thing that will never change. And we're, you know, ever so grateful that we do have the different personalities. And it's funny because it, it, that's something that strikes my mind right now is, is somebody who's all stressed out saying that, you know, somebody else is already doing this you know, what makes me think I can do it? Or worse is you have your family members saying that, right? You can't do that. What makes you think you're going to do it? There's a million and one uh, fitness coaches or whatever the case may be. And, you know, that, that you know, you can really internalize that and feel like I'm never going to make it. And, of course, we realize what's happening here, right? It's the internal message that you're becoming extremely stressed out by all of this this input that there's already enough people doing what I'm doing out there. How would you actually be able to help someone who is experiencing that? You know, we're talking about people from uh, family members who are telling you can't do this and they're all stressed out. Yeah. So I think there's two different pieces here. One is the family members. And for that, I tell those people, the only person who has to believe in your business for it to work is you. And sometimes your family isn't going to get it. And it's because they love you and care about you so much. They don't want to see you disappointed. They don't want to see you hurt. So I think for the majority of families, it is coming from love. It's not coming from like, we don't think you're good enough. We're going to disparage your business idea. So keeping that perspective and really hearing it as, I don't understand your industry at all, but I love you instead of whatever they're actually saying. And then I think for those who really have internalized this message of it's already been done or it's already being said by other people, I think it hasn't been said or done by you and your voice. And so often it will take hearing the same thing from many different people for somebody to click with it. And it's good to have that variety of perspectives, even on the same thing. And there's plenty of clients for all of us. Yes. So many wisdom bombs here, Samantha. I just love this conversation. Yeah, I do too. We have been diving deep. This week's episode was jam-packed with great content. And now it's time for you to take massive action. Make sure to schedule your strategy session with yours truly and also visit fearlesspursuits.com where you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found the show valuable, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes too. Or 
If you simply tell a friend about the podcast, that helps too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. This is your fearless online business coach, Sharon Koenig. Thanks for listening. Now go out and be fearless so you can change the world.